getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their fun. But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure you take a little bit of time, hit the like and subscribe button so you can get updates on all of our Hawkeye legend and coaching interviews. And like we said, we always want to put a smile on Jerry's face, and that gets Jerry real excited. We're the number one podcast in the whole state of Nebraska. Joining us today is the head coach of the University of Iowa volleyball team, Vicki Brown. How's it going, coach? Hey, it's it's going good. Um, who is that? One of your sons? <laughs> no, that's the um, that's the hawk. Jerry always says none of neither one of us are cool enough to have a kid like that. My kids take my my kids take offense to that. So um, that's the Hawkeye hype kid. He actually is featured in Kinnick uh, sometimes before the the football games. But uh, but it was a couple years ago. George Kittle. Um, was featured in a video, and then um, this this kid did a they did a remake of it, and it just blew up. And they started playing it in Kinnick, and they started using it before the yeah. games. So, um, found out do, do, doing this show that um, had a connection with his dad. I ended up we grew up like five minutes from each other in Des Moines, and uh, he reached out and he was like, "Hey, if you ever need us to make you like a cool intro video, my son would love to do it." And I was like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, you know, we we try to make as many football games as we can with you, know, but there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I wonder if this is one of their. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, 
We've been asked that before. I think we're going to have to put a little disclaimer while it's playing, saying not our kids. <laughs> You'll have to check out. We did uh, We did an interview one time where uh, two of my kids interviewed him. So it was like a kid's interview, and that got a lot of great feedback. It was pretty funny. Like the whole time they're doing the interview, they're looking over at me like, is this okay what I'm doing right now? And I was just have fun. Just have fun. Have a good time with him. So it's uh, – I've I've got teenagers. It'd be a video waking them up in bed. It wouldn't be a kid with that much energy. So yeah, I have a I have a thirteen year old now, and it's just like zombie time for like the first three hours. He gets up every day. Like oh man. Anyway, enough about us, Coach. We're here to talk about you and the program. Yes. All right, Coach, we're going to start out with, we really want you to walk us through our background. Um, one thing that, you know, Jerry and I got a little bit of beef with the Big Ten Network. We don't get enough volleyball. So I, um, last year for the first time, I got a subscription to BTM Plus so I could watch all of your guys' games. And my daughter's a huge Iowa volleyball fan. So mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't have the BTM Plus subscription, it's totally worth it. You get to watch all the Iowa volleyball, Iowa baseball, things that the Big Ten Network needs to do a better job on um promoting but um a lot of a lot of iowa fans that we've talked to would love to know more about you coach about your background where you grew up um you know we know you played uh, college volleyball at the university of illinois and just tell us everything we can about coach brown that people don't know um well oh gosh okay so it's, it's almost like how far back you go so i was born no <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I I actually got, I grew up first playing basketball. Um, Like the WNBA was just, it was like their first year in. And so, uh, you know, Lisa Leslie was the the goal, right? And so uh, being from Toledo, Ohio, uh, women's basketball was pretty big. It was actually a little bigger than um, volleyball for the youth level. And um, so I was growing up thinking I was going to be a hooper for life. And um, in junior high, I had a great coach, uh, Peterson, that's like, look, you can't play one sport as you continue to go in level. So it's either cross country or volleyball. Not a runner at all. Matt, <laughs> I can do it that long and, and, and all the marathons, but just not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, cool. That uh, gym sport that we always play, I can do that. And so... Uh, started playing and just absolutely fell in love with it. It's such a fun sport. Um, and as I continue to go through my career, I, I come across people in their 60s that are still playing on the beach somewhere. So um, I think it's a, it was a fun sport. It was super competitive, a complete team sport, fell in love with it. Uh, did the whole club scene. Actually, that's kind of an interesting story. My sister and I, you know, we were, my my parents were like, sports are great, but we're not going to break the bank to help you play. <laughs> um, and so we kind of started our own uh, little club uh, with another uh, parent of uh, a player of ours. And that's a little bit of when I first started recruiting because um, we would utilize the high school season to go to, uh, we would play team, be like, talk to each other. Hey, was she good? Yeah, let's invite her to play with us. <laughs> There you go. So I uh, started recruiting at a young age, <laughs> for sure. And, um, yeah, after that, it, it really – I did both all the way through high school. And sophomore year, you know, my folks are like, look, what do you want to do? Um, basketball, because I was getting offers for both. And um, 
I knew four years of training for volleyball skill building was a little more alluring than because uh, I was always like a little lanky kid beefing up to be able to make some efficient post moves <laughs> and move some people around. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get that much bigger here. <laughs> um, so chose volleyball, um, went to University of Illinois, played under um, Don Harden and uh, Kevin Hamley was the assistant coach and Jen Flynn Alderberg, who's now the head coach at Ohio State, were my assistant coaches and um, just learned a lot of, of how to be a, a, a high level competitor, how to win at a high level and um, really just what it takes as a team to do that. And so played overseas for about three different seasons and split a season one year in Austria, Puerto Rico, two years in Spain, um, learn the international game. It is, it is completely different. Just the same way college football players go from college to NFL. It's just a whole nother level, a whole nother, um, expectation to be great. And so, um, you know, like if you're not hitting your numbers, you're out of there. <laughs> so different type of pressure, but then you're also the entertainment. I can, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, uh, a, a sarcastic player. <laughs> um, and uh, I can remember one time because uh, I was so focused my first year overseas, and the owners are like we need you to do more with the celebration and things like that. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just hit 500. <laughs> like, I think they're happy about that. Right? Wow. And they're like, you need to do more entertaining things. And so, like I said, I'm very sarcastic and maybe a little bit of an ego, but, um, sounds like, start- like, what was it like WWE? Like you have to come out with like a gimmick or something. <laughs> Pretty close. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I had teammates that would make sound effects during the hitting warm-up just to be like, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we score a point, and I look at the um, audience, and I'm like, are you not entertained? And they're like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, like oh that is great. Oh. <laughs> Playing, I was just that person. Um, that is I so think, cool. Like, when I came across Keno and some of his uh, highlights and th- how they incorporate him, I was like, oh, that seems about right. <laughs> here we got a we got a picture here from you, Coach, from back in the day. Here we had to pull that up from the University of Illinois there, and so it, it hurts to see it in those Illini colors. But you know, we had to I had to well, pull that out. Black and white. That, okay. All right. <laughs> Always looking at the positive side of things. So. So, so on that note, Coach, how much better does black and gold feel than to wear the orange? You know, enough, <laughs> we're going to get her in trouble here. <laughs> well, we're trying. We, we're trying I to know, get her allegiances like here. When we play Illinois, Illinois, <laughs> but um, but it um, I, I have more black and gold in my closet before coming to Iowa, and so it was pretty easy to uh, go right into that uh, color pattern. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a more on a more serious note, coach, you dropped. Uh, you said Kevin Hambly, isn't he the coach at Stanford now? Yes. I mean, uh, so you've you've coached with uh, coaches who have ended up at Ohio State and Stanford, and those are some pretty high profile programs. I mean, you know what? What were some of the things you uh, learned most from you know coaching along coaches like that and other coaches maybe that you've came across? What are what are some of the big lessons you've learned as uh, you've come up through the ranks? Yeah, um, you know the one thing I learned 
Because, like, being in the Big Ten, it's twofold. Like, you have to have such a competitive edge to you to be good here. I mean, I mean you just got to have guts at the end of the day. And so I learned a lot through Kevin Hamley of how to drill or use a drill to encourage guts. And so, um, and also how to really see the training as not necessarily a one size fits all for every skill, but mm-hmm. to how to develop what a lot of these players are coming in with and make it their uniqueness. So if you're a weird, I was a, um, a little bit goofy footed <laughs> with my approach. <laughs> they didn't overtrain it. They just was like, well, this is how you can hit it better. <laughs> so, nice. Um, so I learned a lot of that through drilling and, you know, with Jen Flynn, Oldenburg, sorry, she was Jen Flynn to us back in the day, but mm-hmm. um, just learn really how to push that competition out of each, each, uh, each athlete. And um, how to be okay with, especially as a woman, just being like, look, get it done. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to put any flowers or rainbows around it. <laughs> um, so it was like a good mix. And, you know, Coach Don Harden, uh, still a big mentor of um, how to bring all of these different personalities, different backgrounds, and get them on course for one goal. Um, and being okay with the fact that they're, journey to that one goal may look slightly different than yours, but at least we're all getting there. So a lot, a lot of lessons <laughs> through <laughs> all of them. And um, yeah, a lot of lessons. Coach Walt. great, you know, like Kevin Hanley <laughs> is great actually really well. So <laughs> well, that, tie, that kind of pulls me into my next line of questions was you really didn't want to become a coach. Uh, you were really focused on wanting to play, be a professional athlete for as long as possible. And you tied a lot of that toward the poor aging process that the coaches <laughs> around you kind of went through. You're like, oh, you guys looked really great when I got here. And it's like, almost like, you know, when the, someone's the president of the United States, they come in and they look real <laughs> vibrant and young. And like when Barack Obama or like George W. Bush, like came out, mm-hmm. it's like straight gray bags right. under the eyes. And it's like, you look like you've been put through the gauntlet. So walk <laughs> us through that decision-making process and what made you eventually decide to become a volleyball coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I did everything other than coaching after um, uh, grad. I mean, I did a little bit of club, but it was more like I'll come in, sure. But, um, I, you know, I started off with, like, um, uh, internships and with radio and, and, like, with the Detroit Pistons. And, and um, I just <laughs> – uh, Kevin Hamley is actually the one that suggested, why don't you just get into coaching? And I just, yeah, I like you all just, you came in newly married couples and I don't know what happened after four years. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, they're still all married. <laughs> you can tell it's a lot of stress. And so, and for me, it's, if you're not going to go into with that mindset of getting to the top, then mm. why even, that's just, competitive for me but uh, why why even go into it um and so i knew what the top looked like and from a different stressors but i went to the university of toledo to try it out as a volunteer and i mean i absolutely love the court part of things but majority of the day is really in the office and either splitting time with prep or operations or recruiting and, you know, lucky enough, uh, head coach Greg Smith really allowed me to get my hands into everything. 
Um, and so I was like, man, I really love the whole grind of it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like feeding off of this. So um, it was just the enthusiasm to still be in that sport and still love the other element of coaching as well. And so, yeah, I just, I, I loved it all. I love knowing and getting all frustrated that the NC2A rules have changed again. See, we, we, we like to uh, set up our interviewees with potential endorsement deals. And so right here we could do something like, Hey, oil of Olay or a beauty care product. Look at coach Brown. She's been a head division one coach for this many years. No gray, no wrinkles. It's because I use this product. There you go. Right there. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, what I was taking out of that, though, is so many of us, you know, fall into professions maybe we didn't think of when we were, you know, didn't look appealing. But how many of us get to be rejuvenated like Coach Brown has? I mean, the rest of us just kind of like, how did we end up here? Coach Brown's like, man, I love this. I mean, that's yeah. like, I, I love that enthusiasm, that rejuvenation that you've gotten from your experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, you know, going back to that, Coach Brown, you know, that was kind of interesting. And I mean, if we can, you had you did serve those internships. You were a communications major in college, I believe. And, uh, you know, so what was it about that that you thought, you know, when you were in that, you thought this just isn't for me? Because, I, you know, Adam, Adam, a little bit known fact, but Adam was a communications major as well in college. So and now That's here correct. he is. So. <laughs> Living the so, dream. <laughs> yeah, <I'm here>. yeah. <laughs> so uh, but anyway, what, what was it about that that you just thought, no, this isn't for me? Because you're yeah, it sounds like uh, you've been a real sports fan. Yeah, I, the one job that I really considered was a local radio station. And they were like, we're going to wing you into this marketing position and you'll take over. And I just, I mean, it was cool. Like, I got to meet Rick Ross and, you wow. know, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Like, I you, you <laughs> That's a great show. I love that show as a kid. Right? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm actually, he's not as tall as I thought he was going to be. But it, it was really, really cool um, experience and exposure. But I just, like, couldn't see myself, like, really being that. I just couldn't feel the passion as much as I did. And, and to me, that's the driving force when it comes to longevity is if you're passionate about it. And so I was – it was a cool job. It was a cool moment. But other than that, I just – the same way with choosing between volleyball and basketball, like – I couldn't see myself putting in that extra work and being excited about it to be the best. So, yeah, it was all about can you put in the work. <laughs> so you, you've always been somebody that's goal-oriented, maybe getting a little bit off track here, but I read somewhere where you said that you like to challenge yourself every five years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, and it doesn't sound like you're an adrenaline junkie, but you just like the challenge. What are some examples of that that you've along the way, maybe outside of coaching, that some of the adventures you've done? Um, so I, I, I skydived before. Whoa. Oh man. <laughs> um, that, that was, <clears throat> one of the, yeah, that was about five years. Um, I like hopped in a car and drove across country by myself. Yes, it was part of a move, but I could have did it differently. But I was like, I want to challenge myself to see if I could do this drive from California to Iowa. That's cool. Um, I, I'll do, you know, I'll spend a whole weekend or a whole day, sorry, a whole day in the zoo with my seven-year-old and six-year-old niece and nephew. That's some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest challenge of all. <laughs> Um, so, so I'll 
do like little random things. I think the um, I'm still planning my next thing because it's coming up. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be getting married, so that's an adrenaline kind of thing as well. Congratulations. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so congratulations. Ready, that's my adrenaline for the next year. <laughs> Let, uh, so we got to stop right there. Tell us about the wedding. Tell us about getting married, um, who, who the lucky guy is. Let's hear all about this. Yeah. So uh, Eric Wersky, he's, um, he was our former, uh, Iowa's former track and field throwers coach. Okay. And okay. Uh, like Longy, all the, those are his kids. And so um, he is now at Florida. Uh, and so, yeah, the blue and orange. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> but uh, I don't like the way you're talking right now. Come on, coach. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, but uh, yeah. So we planning to do it next year in July, which will uh, be nice for me because it'll be the end of recruiting season for the most part. But then World Championships that doesn't start for another two weeks, so. <laughs> So we found a little window to get it done. And so, yeah, pretty excited. And um, our department is really excited. They've been trying to get us to link up for three years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You you look very excited about it, in all honesty. So it's it's good to see uh, that kind of happiness. So Yeah, through COVID. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But please tell me he's going to wear black and gold whenever he's around you. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. They hooked him up with enough gear that he's good for a visit. There you go. All right. Good deal. So, Coach, tell us about what goes into really bringing a a team together like you have, because it seems like your team does have a lot of chemistry and that the girls on the team genuinely do like each other. What kind of things do you do with the girls on and off the court to really bond everyone and bring them together? Um, so we, we, we kind of do a lot. So, um, we, first of all, like first I don't, um, assign or we don't vote in captains. It's just a different, I do a different structure for leadership. Um, we call them role groups. There's three of them and, uh, there's the Rangers, Delta force and seal team. And so (laughs) we get through the beginning of a season um, and right before Big Tens, we all vote to where we, where has that person's character, their actions, what, what have they shown like could be the most value for the team? So the Rangers fall within the description of a captain. Um, they might be more getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Big problem things and that we kind of utilize them as um, advisors of where the team is. The Delta Force, those are just the players that are like team first die hard. Like um, one of our Delta force members, Grace Tubbs. I mean, she's on sack. She's, uh, she's from Clinton, Iowa. (laughs) Like she, her dad played here, uh, played basketball, uh, Briggs Tubbs. Uh Um, She like will come to me and be like, can I bring a cowbell to the game? Like, (laughs) you know, that's just great. Like die hard team, team first. 
SEAL team is more the leaders by example. Like, hey, okay, you want us to win and best way to do it? Okay, I'll just give you 15 kills. I might not celebrate a lot, <laughs> but statistically, you'll see my, my contribution. <laughs> um, and so we all vote. Uh, everyone that touches our program from strength coach um, to athletic trainers, student managers, everyone that kind of sees them throughout the day um contributes to that voting and then we work within those three groups just to balance out the um the 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 weight of being a leader it's a lot um and will there be some years we have that one kid that can score that can communicate that can motivate yes but as we're developing that let's you know kind of spread the wealth a little bit here um, so we do a lot of that. We also use the word ownership. So we incorporate the players um, in different ways within the program. So one month, it could be um, two players, and it's a rotating um, opportunity where they're in charge of PR branding. So they create a concept for us to post on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another uh, couple of players would be community outreach. Um, and then the other players were rotating the accountability <laughs> So the ones that are like, get here, let's go, 10 more minutes. You running late? Okay. (laughs) Because that can be repetitive. (laughs) Um, But so we delegate a lot of the responsibility that way to fall within the term of ownership. Like if you're not the one of the six or seven that are on the court, then you feel like when we're winning, you contribute to that and really not Mm -hmm. minimizing that contribution. So that's how we make sure we do it as a team and the team feels like they're all incorporated. Um, but for the most part, we teach the same lesson on the court. Like if you're not on the starting side, you better be getting us ready. Like, and that is going to do more for us than, you know, you giving us a high five when the start of mm-hmm. couple of players come out. So finding ways to truly, value their contribution. I actually love that. Organizationally, that sounds like you've got all the pieces there. When you're talking ownership, you're talking uh, leadership, you know, all working within the framework of a team. That is just, I, I, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that because that's, I, I, I love that. So anyway, Are we rec- am I recruiting you? Am I, you know, you're, you're about there. I, I don't know if I've got any eligibility uh, left or, or athletic ability. Not, I mean, not, if, not if you want to win games, you're not. <laughs> Uh, I, I, don't. I pay a thousand dollars to see Jerry take the court <laughs> and just to see the look on the girls' faces and be like, like there's a fifty year old man out here on the court with us right now. Like, oh man, that would that I'm, would be phenomenal. I'm actually twenty two, but this podcasting thing's really hard. So it's kinda like coaching. It's aged us pretty yeah, It's aged us quite a bit. Hey, and we coach, could definitely would, use we could definitely use some of your organizational skills. So yeah, I was taking notes the whole time. So <laughs> some, some self improvement. <laughs> hey, coach. So you uh, have uh, spent time coaching uh, a lot, mostly a lot of indoor volleyball, but also a little bit of beach volleyball. Can you tell us about the differences between the two? Because we've seen a lot of schools start to pick up beach volleyball as an additional sport in their athletic department, which I think is really cool. But I got to be honest with you, I don't know a ton about it other than the, the the old man, you know, recreational volleyball that we played outside of the sand. So obviously that's way different. So walk us through the differences between uh, both of those sports. Um, well, 
Uh, beach sand is really hard. Um, it's, it's, it's like a balancer. Like, yes, you gotta be athletic. You gotta be talented, but learning some kind of, learning some of the small tricks and trades of being a, an efficient beach player, um, can kind of balance things out for a lot of athletes. But, um, we, so we did beach, I had beach at San Francisco and we actually utilized beach as a way and we, as a way, we were had a middle, and we wanted her to actually move to the outside. Okay. So we wanted her to get more comfortable with ball control, with just um, how to understand her last two steps in the approach. So we put her with beach. Um, our setters, we were like, we're never doing this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's uh, it it kind of the. Legal way to set in beach is completely different than indoors. So, but, um, but those positions that just need a little more, uh, elevated level of being comfortable with unorthodox first, second, third contact, that's where beach really is a great combination with indoor training. Um, you know, when we were came back from COVID, um, and started preseason in August, we actually did. The first three days, our jumping reps were in the sand. Um, you know, with you know, we're hearing stories of the players that were lifting with water jugs, and I'm like, oh god. And so um, that was our one of our concerns was just jumping and landing control. So the best way to kind of work out those kinks is in a sand pit. And so it's just a good way to. Um, to like really kind of nitpick different skills in the game um, okay. to where you have to do it because of the elements or whatever the case may be. Is that the same case with most other programs that do both, or is it just different from program to program? It's, it's, it's the same case with a lot of programs, um, especially because um, a lot of beach programs, budgetary-wise, it's all combined. And so – you might have a couple of players or a couple of player pairs that will train year round as maybe your top two pairs. Um, but usually your three, four, fifth pair is dual or, or indoor as well. Okay. Um, so it's a good way to kind of balance it out. Um, but I, I know a coach of mine who coaches indoor and, <laughs> and uh, beach as well. And it's, it's a challenge, but it's it's a great tool as well. Okay. So, Coach, what I'm gaining here, too, and I'm, I'm really feeling like an underachiever because what I'm hearing is you were named head coach. You had to deal with the year of COVID. Was that your first or second year as head coach with second the COVID? Year. Oh, yeah. So you got to deal with COVID, which is, you know, we all had to deal with unforeseen, you know, unimagined kind of ideals. You got engaged. And, I mean, I just – I don't know what I did last year, so I don't know. Yeah. Adam and I, Adam and I are feeling. But anyway, kind of, kind of explore on COVID. You know, COVID was, you know, like I said, we were in unforeseen circumstances. What were some of the big takeaways you, you know, that you had as a program during COVID, and you know, that you kind of take forward, and how has it changed the, uh, your day to day? Yeah, I, I think the the big stressors for COVID was just every day you're going in with an unknown outcome. Um, like we would go one week and then the next week, the policies would change, um, which means you're changing up your day. Sorry for the background noise. <laughs> it's um, okay. <laughs> that happens a lot more than you would expect. Do you have a dog? Do you have a dog? Uh, yes, 
But that, yeah, that's it, yes. <laughs> okay. If he or she would like to join the interview, we're a dog friendly show, so bring them oh, on no, in. The camera will be like off and then in the ceiling. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a lot of living in the unexpected. And, you know, talking, uh, Gary Barta made a, a really good point of just going in and getting tested when we were in season six out of the seven days a week. And it's like every day you get tested, you're literally just waiting, holding your breath to see if it's going to come up negative <laughs> or positive. And so it that's a, you're walking in the day, starting the day like that, and then you're going to practice. And then you're going to practice thinking, okay, who maybe got a negative? And the same with the coaches, like, okay, we're waiting. We're trying to make sure we have a set plan for practice, but we never know. It could be two, three players that are just out. So it was, it was a daily stress. Um, But, you know, kudos to the players. Um, They, they worked hard to make sure that when we got in the season, we were good. We didn't have any positive tests. And that's a big credit to them um, of just, seeing the another side of the picture um and so it was a lot of stress but i think we learned too um that we're going to have a different type of team because the this age group going through a pandemic it does mature you you and they have more time to really ask themselves who am i (laughs) yeah more than they have had before and then i think as a staff um it's really allowed us to personally find a different balance and it's okay and i think that balance we're finding um allows us to be better coaches because uh, i do believe you now <laughs> you do have to have a moment to step away to refresh to be really efficient and on point when you see them the next day so, Coach, you had a pretty young roster last season. Uh, going into uh, this upcoming season, walk us through some of the players that for us to watch this year and keep our eye on. Yeah, so we have um, Courtney Bazario. I mean, this this young woman has done everything except for play libero for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's uh, 6'5". She's coming in. She set for us last year and then also uh, attacked on the right side. Um, She's returning. She was the first 10, um, or sorry, first team all Big Ten last year. That hasn't been done in almost 15 years. Um, And she's also the uh, returning as the all-region All-American. And so she's just a go-getter, you know, her sister, Megan Bazario, the Bazario family has just been huge supporters coming from California, especially of Iowa and what we're doing. And um, I'm really looking forward. Like Courtney just went to uh, you can see it on her face where she understands what it takes to score at this level. And when they're in that zone, it's really exciting just to see them take their game <laughs> to a whole nother level. Um, so we're, we're really excited for her. Um, Edina Schmidt are, are from Berlin, Germany, um, our outside hitter. She'll be going into her third year, uh, third season. I mean, this, I love internationals. It made me a little biased because I was over there for three years. But, you know, just from a very early age, they learned how to train the game. 
Um, and so she brings such a cool element to the gym when it's like, it's okay if we're in passing reps for 30 minutes, we will live. Like we're going to get better. <laughs> so she, she's going to be really great. She plays six rotations and her contribution front row and back row each match last year just kept growing. Um, and she's just in a great position to take more of a load for us. Um, we also, um, have. Our two senior middles, Hannah Clayton and Amaya Jones, um, they they played every year. <laughs> so this will be their last year with us, and, uh, or we'll see, you know, the extra year of eligibility. But um, they I, – I was just speaking with them because uh, this, this, this senior class for me is really special. Uh, we – they've been through a lot, and not just the pandemic, but just a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. coaching changes and etc and so um i know that senior night with uh courtney basario maya and hannah maddie slago i don't i don't think i'll be able to get through that one but um but maddie slago as well she's coming in she's been a ds back row player for us um and just a true leader for that group and so those are the bigger players that i think um our fans will enjoy watching and, and definitely be contributors to us, our success. Not only do we have an exciting future with some players, Coach, but we also have an exciting future with some facilities. Explain to us more about what's uh, what's on the horizon here for Hawkeye basketball or Hawkeye volleyball facilities. Yeah. So Extreme Arena, it is extreme. I, I think I did this to Gary the other day. <laughs> 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 um, sorry, like I said, sarcastic with a little bit of ego. But, um, but yeah, we're, we were in there um, during the COVID season and it was just our parents. And I mean, it's, it's so exciting. Like it does give that arena feel, but you know, as you can see uh, that top section just being more uh, of a walkway and some of the suites, it, it automatically creates a very intimate setting. Yeah. Uh, we'll have floor seating this year. We'll have bleachers. The band will be there cheerleaders will be there i mean we're we're going ham <laughs> in the first <laughs> opener and throughout the season um and you know there, there'll be selling alcohol i know that's a big like what okay so that's happening um so you know you know you're go ahead and get what you need to get and enjoy just the whole Iowa River Landing area. There's hotels. There's shopping. There's restaurants. There just there's so much to do there, um, and so we're excited for our fans to make it a one-stop shop. Grab a burger. Grab a ticket. Grab a drink, and then let's cheer on the Hawkeyes. I, I gotta ask, are you, you guys gonna put a tiger hawk on the court? It kind of felt yes. like something was missing when I when I saw it. I'm yes. like, where's the tiger hawk? Yeah, so we're that's in the process right now. It should be almost done. Uh, we're adding a few different things um, onto the court. So, oh yeah, that'll be there. All right, that's exciting. Like that's a cool arena, and I know there's a big buzz throughout the state about being able to go in there and watch some volleyball games. So we're very excited to go in there and see you guys kick some Big Ten tail this year. Oh yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to really just hearing the, the roar of the crowd. Like we do have in our uh, 2019 and previous year, we've always had such a supportive group of uh, the community has been so supportive and we just can't wait to feel that love again. So coach as a former player and now as a coach, how strange was that to not have a, a crowd last year? I mean, it's just, 
I mean, what was it like for you? I mean, personally, from your experiences, and then what was it like for the team? Yeah, it was weird. Uh, we we tried to do some background noise with uh, uh, the crowd cheering and things like that, and it was interesting. The first game, like uh, we we had a, a guy that was like raising it at the. <laughs> um, <laughs> trial and error right but mm-hmm. it was it was very it felt like a scrimmage i mean we didn't switch sides we were playing the same teams back to back um it but it was actually a good training tool of like how do you generate your own um uh, momentum and how do you sustain your own momentum so it was good training for us to be able to utilize that when we're on the road um, and so, yeah, and some of those preseason or especially those non-conference matches where they're at 12 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. <laughs> so, uh, so it was good, a good moment to we'll be able to reflect on. Uh, coach, with your for very first season as the interim head coach, um, you didn't take over in a, in a typical fashion as a lot of head coaches do when they get their first head coaching opportunity. Walk us through what that was like with that head coaching position, taking that over, keeping the team together, and keeping you got keeping everyone focused on the goal at hand. Yeah, you know, I, I think the big thing that helped was what my part of my responsibilities was the recruiting coordinator before. So uh, that big class, that high ranking class that we had coming in, uh, was already had developed relationships with them. Um, and then my positioning on the team as far as our returners at that moment, just I, it was just kind of like set up for the transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or position for the transition. And so, you know, it was tough because I, I we went through our entire non-conference tournament schedule at, as me in the interim position. <laughs> so that was always weird. But um, or just like, OK, what's going to happen next? Um, but, but then at the same time, I was so focused on winning because I, I'll, I'll try to beat people in traffic. So, um, it was, uh, <laughs> right before our first weekend for big 10, um, we were traveling to Northwestern and that Thursday that we le- we were planning to leave. I get a call from Barbara, um, our deputy AD and, and, she asked me to come up. I'm like, well, this is it. So, <laughs> um, and so I was like, it's all over. But <laughs> um, so I go up and, and we met in Gary uh, Barda's office, and you know, he offered me the position and, and the contract, and um, I just was like, yeah, okay, because mm-hmm. I'm a little bit like vacant when I'm a little surprised. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Gary is just like, "Well, are you excited about it?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, I'm gonna do two black backflips before <laughs> after I leave here. Don't worry, I'm excited." <laughs> Walk us through your emotions during that moment because that had to be like, you know, with everything that was going on, you know, trying to keep the program together and then continually to move it forward, and then to go in for that meeting. Walk us through your emotions and what you were thinking. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a relief, um, not just because, like, oh, I'm employed officially, but just for a uh, because as in the interim role, like, you can't completely dive into what you want to do. 
Yeah. Because it could be a transition position. You just want to make sure you, at least I saw it as keeping it neutral enough to if there is a transition, it's not going to jeopardize the players. Uh, Because they're like, oh, we got excited about this new concept that this, our Vicky, Coach Brown was going to bring. So it was more relief that I could like really spread my wings in a way um, and, and move forward what I wanted to do with the program. So, Coach, I'm you've got me sold. I'm ready to come play. I mean, this, I, I'm, yeah. I'm like pumped. I, this is exciting stuff. I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm here in this moment when you became coach and I'm thinking, you know, she started recruiting with her sister on that club team as a kid. And I mean, it's just like you were you were born for this. I'm like, for, I'm excited for Hawkeye volleyball. So, yeah. and uh, I see the season starts August 28th. You guys are playing in an invitational. You're playing Duke. I have a sister that graduated from Duke, so please win that one. I really don't want to hear about sure. that. Yeah, so anyway, but I'm thrilled. You know, September 25th, it looks like you're in Lincoln, and I think Adam and I need some – we got to be down there, man, to support that team, and we need to get all of our Hawkeye uh, supporters over here on this side of the Missouri to come down with us. That's that's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm ready for some volleyball, Adam. How about you? Oh, I, I'm pumped. I can't wait to go in there. And it, <laughs> think of how good that would feel. We walk in there, and, and we take it. And we win that one. It's a, cha- it's a changing of the guard in the Big Ten, baby. Hawks oh. are taking over. Well, tell me what seat you're in when we win. I'll play right yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, you know, you won't miss Adam and I because we'll probably be wearing our overalls or something. You know, while we're there, so we'll stick out like a sore thumb. Don't worry, <laughs> Coach Brown. Uh, this has been a real honor. I mean, I we've really enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun, and we really, you know, we do look forward to your season this year. So we wish you the best of luck and anything we can do to help support the volleyball team. Please let us know. Well, thank you, thank you all for having me, and and as always, go Hawks! All right, absolutely, go Hawks! Go Hawks. Thanks, thanks a lot, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.